Narrative Buster. Welcome back to Raven's Recap. Oh man, we won a game. Feels real good. I know we've won a lot of games, you know, like 11 in the regular season, 5 in a row. But this one felt better than basically any of them ever. Like, I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, like, obviously, like, a Super Bowl is better, right? But, like, this one felt good. It did. I mean, you know, I think there's two parts to it. Number one is there were, you know, probably four or five games that we had circled on the regular season calendar year going into the year that like, those are the games we were pumped for. You know, we always have those games going into the season. And while the Ravens were 11 and five, they lost all those games. Unfortunately, you got that compounded on how like we were so confident in this team last year. And just like, we've been waiting a year to record this podcast a year. Exactly. Been waiting to have this celebration. The Ravens, won in the playoffs, beat the Titans, got Lamar Jackson's first victory. So <laughs> I think all those things kind of kind of feed into the just rabid excitement that's uh, all through the fan base right now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's the first playoff win since 2014 for the Ravens. I mean, gosh. Like, can you guys even remember that game? It was that 2014 playoff game at, uh, at Heinz Field. Ravens win 30-16. to 16. Yep. January 2015, I do remember that game, but I will tell you guys, it's been so long. I didn't remember what if what a playoff victory felt like, which I hate to say because this this team, this franchise, just prides itself with having so much success in the postseason. But for whatever reason, just a just a drought that hopefully is going to be you know uncharacteristic of this franchise in the long run. But man, did that feel good when when uh, Peters got that interception. And Lamar ran out the clock. It just it felt excellent. <laughs> I was celebrating so hard when they got that interception. I think it's worth just talking about it now. And they had I didn't even notice their logo uh, celebration. And you know, after the game, they're all like, "Oh, uh, you know, we went to where the player went, and Marcus Peters had the ball, so like he was in the middle of the field, and that's roughly where they were, anyways. So whatever, like we didn't we didn't think much of it. And like I said, I didn't see it." Like I was, I was, I was messaging you guys. I was having my own, like you know, happiness, and I, I watched plenty though after because I, I loved every bit of it. I understand that some people thought it had no class, <laughs> but like, I think I'm here for all teams to be fun. I be be spiteful, you know. <laughs> be, just yeah, like, no, that, there's there's an element of that, man. It's like, you know, look. I mean, put it this way: I I don't I don't want the Ravens to be the team to instigate this stuff because i i don't i don't think that's sportsmanlike right i i would prefer my teams just kind of back it up with the play on the field and not draw attention to ourselves we're not the steelers i mean the steelers like have been absolutely crazy it was just like giving people you know uh clips and sound bites <laughs> for people to take out of context and they sound like crybabies like half the time that's just that's how they come off and you know this last game for them it just completely blew up in their face but whatever they don't care it's not we're not talk- here, to- here to talk about the Steelers. We're here to talk about the Ravens. But the-, the point with the Ravens is like, look, they clearly took issue with the Titans last year. And and I think, I, you know, I, 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 at, one, at one point, maybe I don't blame the Titans so much for, you know, taking down the taking down Goliath. I mean, the Ravens were so good last year and they pride themselves at taking out the best teams. And like, I, like I can get, as a neutral, if I'm a neutral fan, I can get behind that. Like you know, I would I would want to be pumped up for those guys. But I do think that you know maybe something happened. The media portrayed it. I, I don't know what happened, but it like it twisted into this like they were almost like making fun of the Ravens at the, at the point, and we took offense to it. Our players took offense to it, and like if you're gonna dish that out, a team can bring it back, and the Ravens brought it back. I, I, I like I'm surprised that I. When I watched that same play, I knew immediately when they were going for the logo, I was like, oh, like, I know that everybody else is going to say that that just was a spur of the moment thing. Marcus Peters knew exactly what he was doing. He is the guy to instigate that whole thing because you will will get his history of like, he will do petty like that. But like, I'm all about it. Like, if the Titans are going to dish it out, we're going to put it right back to them. And they backed it up on the field. And that was the biggest thing about what happened on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I think all that needs to be said is like, you can read between the lines when, uh, Calais Campbell said, uh, respect is earned. I think that's all that he needed to say. Um, I think there's probably was definitely some things that were said, uh, between the trenches in both the playoff game and the game back in November that, we as as the viewing public and not actually 
members of the team on the field uh, don't have privy to. But I kind of don't really care one way or the other about it. I'm just happy the Ravens got the win. But like I will say, like again, there was certainly an emotional. If if the Ravens, if the whole team felt the need to do that, the whole defense. I think there was there had to have been some justification for it for it to have been, you know, have that big of an approval from from the team. Peter, I think you said it well, and and Chris, if big man Calais Campbell is like pumped up and talking crap, like you know, it is all through the organization. They definitely all wanted it, and um, you could tell too when uh, Lamar scored his touchdown. And he spiked it. I don't know if you caught uh, his choice words. I won't repeat them on the pod. We're trying to be family friendly here. <laughs> uh, I mean, an F bomb oh, went out on Nickelodeon yesterday. So no, one hundred percent too. I mean, like, look at the end of the game. They they took the kneel and they left. I mean, yeah. You know, like it's a it's a shame. Like it's a shame at some level, but it's also like you know they're they're you know as like a sports fan like you gotta just like love this drama because it's just adding to the drama of like the ravens titans matchups and so in future matchups they're gonna have this history and it's gonna be all over the news and like it's gonna have this whole narrative and backstory and it's like you know on some level that's fun like that that's what makes sports interesting oh yeah totally and also this is a team that we used to have a rivalry with like we're just rekindling it it's great like i'm all i'm all for it this is great Yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's there's certainly an element of like the Ravens did not forget, and they also, you know, I mean, they they, they took issue with how the Titans handled themselves. Like, look, I mean, like the Titans were two and zero prior to this against us in the last couple of years. Like, they had our number. They they beat us off in 2019 after an amazing season, totally humbled us, and then they followed it up again the regular season. So like, they had, I mean, they had bragging rights, but like, you know, there's a, there's a level I guess at which like bragging becomes immature bragging becomes like you know hostile kind of and you know not all the titans players are about that but some of them it's just crazy like malcolm butler i don't know about you guys like i have no i don't know i don't understand why he like seems to hate the ravens he just hates us every time he was like whether it's the with the logo whether it was he apparently flipped off lamar during the game talking smack to harbaugh he just doesn't like i don't understand I really don't. It's really confusing. But like if they're gonna you know, if they're gonna do that, then it's just again, it just adds to the adds to the the legacy. <laughs> I mean it's it's not like the Ravens didn't have that, right? I mean C Mac was was talking crap back in two thousand. I watched some of those replays before the game. I mean Ray Lewis was talking smack to Eddie George during the game, like, you know. Uh, this isn't a one sided thing, but you know, if we're talking like recent part of the rivalry, that's just one like I don't know. I just, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what spawned that. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think we do, though, have to give props for the Titans for, you know, just a third straight game in a row where they they came ready to play the Ravens. Uh, The Ravens just had the better game plan this this, uh, game, both on defense and offense. And I think we want to start off with talking about the defense this week because, you know, we spent a lot of time in the preview pod discussing a player on the opposing team and I mean we even had to give our appreciation for how much of a monster Derrick Henry has been these past two three seasons and the Ravens just had the perfect game plan to shut this guy down and to just shut him down like no one shut him down in at least three years yeah massive massive effort by everybody on the defense to make this game plan work it's also one of those things too where like you know the Ravens had pretty good success going throughout the game where it was like you know they had a first couple good drives on defense i was like okay things are looking good second quarter was rolling around they were still looking good we're like okay things are looking good but it's still like at any moment at least for me i thought that like at any moment derrick henry could just turn that game around he just had one big run turns into a touchdown or a big play and just like game over you know the the floodgates have been opened that could have happened i was worried about that the entire time uh, that one, I think it was the eight-yard run, I think it was his longest run of the day. If Derek Wolf doesn't make that tackle, it's game over. He touchdown. He runs all the way through the defense to be able to get that. Nobody else is stopping him at that point. That was, you know, as soon as that happened, that window closed, like, immediately. There was, like, a sigh of relief. But, my gosh, yeah, it was excellent, excellent work by the guys up front. It, it looked like, you know, 
everybody was dialed in. I mean, you had Calais there, you had Brandon Williams, you had Derek Wolf, and you had monsters on the outside. Pernell McPhee was doing a heck of a job, Judon with a couple sacks in there. Just everybody was executing to the best of their ability and were finally able to put together four quarters to shut this guy down. It was a, a monumental effort for sure. The investments paid off. I mean, we finally saw him, right? They had Williams. We've always had him. We spend a lot of money on him. A lot of people sometimes complain about that, but we always see his effects when he <laughs> the run, he's not there in the run game. And then we had Clayus Campbell. And, you know, I don't want to let this guy go any longer without being brought up in the pod. But you know who came to play? Who looked five, ten years younger? Pernell McPhee. That man had the game of his life, probably. He was playing like a mad dog, and he was also talking some smack. And I'm here for it, man. <laughs> like, I feel like the Ravens had that nastiness of, like, we are going to dominate you on D, and they brought it. And, I mean, there were a couple plays early on where they got the best of us, particularly in the passing game. And, and I thought Humphrey did a good job taking some accountability for that. And we'll talk about the adjustments they made to, to fix it. But, uh, yeah, once they, like made some tweaks and got in the flow of the game that defense was suffocating they only converted one of eight third downs there it it was incredible i mean the ravens lost the first quarter they lost the first quarter that hasn't that doesn't happen this year and the ravens win like (laughs) that i think can't be overstated by the fact that the ravens came out of a 10 point deficit i think they said that's the the largest deficit lamar jackson's come back from i thought he had done that but i'm hearing Multiple things I saw today said that was the largest deficit he's climbed out of. But then, yeah, the defense after, you know, the first quarter looked like, eh, this is going to be a back and forth game. You know, maybe we're flirting with uh, some disappointment here. The defense held the Titans to minus seven offensive yards in the second quarter. I mean, yeah. I don't have that stat on me, but it feels right. <laughs> I think I think it was. I remember seeing that during the game. Yeah incredible yeah if it wasn't the entire second quarter it was deep into it because i remember seeing that and it was almost halftime and i was like (laughs) like there's there's no other way there's no better way to get you know back control of the game than to just have that you can't dominate any more than that (laughs) yeah the t played great man and and, uh, i just want to bring him up too you know what was the adjustment who who also came back and looked young again jimmy smith after all that time of riding the pine and getting healthy man he looked good he came down and said he looked at uh (laughs) aj brown and he was like i'm about your size i could take you on (laughs) you know and he took him on man it worked out that uh that guy was critical right if they don't make that adjustment they don't put him on him you know he might have kept getting us they could have converted more of those downs they could have had more scoring opportunities but gosh thank you for being healthy man Stay stay healthy. We need you. Underrated guy. It's just underrated Raven. You know, he's had been through so many injuries. He's had to, you know, give back so much money to the organization. Just keeps coming back on team-friendly deals. And when he's healthy, he balls out. And exactly. I mean, I you could make the argument that he was the best cover corner for the Ravens in that game. Better than, than Humphrey and Peters. I mean, he just... Nothing was going, you know, when the when the Titans went Jimmy Smith's way, he wasn't letting anything get past him. Yeah. I, another, I mean, another huge thing, too, I, I really love to watch some, some more replays and, and figure out exactly who was responsible for this. But, I mean, you know, a huge part of this, too, was that the Titans, like, you know, the, the D-line was taking away Henry. A.J. Brown, we know, is a threat. I mean, he, he kind of picked on Humphrey a lot in the first quarter. Humphrey did not have a good first quarter at all. It was looking like it was going to be a, a really bad game, actually, after the first quarter. But beyond that, man, I mean, I think the other guys, like, they, they took away the other weapons for the Titans. I mean, Corey Davis had zero catches. You know, Johnny Smith was barely involved. I think the only catch that he might have made was that huge hit in the backfield by Elliott and was able to knock the ball out. Um, so both these guys, I mean, we know that they can do damage. I think Davis did a lot of damage on us in the Week 11 game, and Johnny Smith had that amazing touchdown catch in the playoff matchup last year. And these guys were complete non-factors in this game. So, you know, although we were having a little bit of trouble with A.J. Brown, I, I think the defense was just, they were balling out pretty much everywhere else. 
And yeah, I mean, after the adjustments too, I mean, you know, AJ Brown was a little bit more quiet in the second half. So, I mean, everybody was playing coverage. Everybody was, was, was playing toward Henry. Like they were all just doing really, really well. And, and it showed. Yeah. I was fully expecting one of Johnny Smith or Corey Davis to have a touchdown in the game yesterday. They seem to do it in the past, like you said, and I felt that the, that the Ravens were probably going to be overcommitted to stopping Henry and Brown, which would leave some opportunities for both those guys. But they just they just didn't come to play. Now I think Davis did get hurt. I don't think we ever heard a definitive word on that, but I think he would have been out there more if he was fully healthy. But I do know. Yeah, I mean, John has been been battling injuries since like week four or five. Frustrated fantasy owner uh, take there, but yeah, that hit by Elliot, man, th- there was just no way that that Johnny was going to hold on to that. I don't know how you do. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Best game of his young career. He looked really good that game. It was up there. I mean, it was up there with that hit on Henry in that first matchup. I mean, that was an incredible hit. Way better than that other guy that we were rolling with last year. <laughs> Who? <laughs> hey, I will say. In Earl Thomas's defense, despite the fact that he didn't take his advice last year, the Ravens did take his in this game. They took it, and they tackled Derrick Henry every single time he had the ball. <laughs> the other thing, too, like, I think I can say with decent confidence, we never really, like, overcommitted to stopping Henry. I think we just ran numbers. We either had the same amount of big men as them or, or less, and... I think it was just like extremely solid edge setting, gap protection. You just gave him nowhere to run. Like every single time, like the line would shift and then you would just see the whole thing moving. It's like a wall, you know, he had nowhere to go. That's why, I mean, every, every game that he had, essentially, he just fell forward. He had like one seven yard gain, I think. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it was, it was great. That is the exact thing we paid for for this defense. They're finally showing it. I mean, if they can do that against Henry, I think, I mean, I don't think the Bills are going to be able to run on us. I, I, if if for some crazy reason we find a way to play Cleveland later on, they might even get stopped by us, right? Like, th- that defense was playing really well. It's a good implication going forward. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I, I, that, was, that was certainly the key to victory in this game because the Titans, their entire offense runs through Henry. Uh, we've talked about last week how Tannehill is much improved since his days in Miami he's still not a quarterback that can take over the game if he doesn't have the help of a run game and we saw that I mean he was able to do it for a bit in the first quarter before the Ravens made adjustments and and got their players out of out of bad matchups but then once once they made those adjustments and Tannehill didn't have a running game to run effective play action off of uh he kind of got exposed a bit as as a guy who's got some limitations and that was enough to give the Ravens offense the time that they needed to to score enough points to to win the game. Yeah, in addition to um to some of the great play that the guys were doing up front in the run game. I thought pass rush was good. I mean, it wasn't great, it wasn't fantastic, but I thought overall it was pretty good. And a couple of really big plays. Derek Wolf with that one sack on Tannehill. It was a really nice well-timed play, too. It was a like, perfect moment. I think it was a drive-under. The Titans were kind of moving, and Wolf was just able to get that sack and kind of drive over at that point. It was a really excellent play by him. And, uh, and later on, that, that one pressure by Jihad Ward, where he was able to tip the ball up, Tannehill was able to catch it. That was a 10-yard loss. I mean, it was absolutely a huge play <laughs> yeah. to be able to uh, stall that drive. Unfortunately, we didn't win the sack battle, right? I think the Titans had a lot more sacks on us than we did on them, but... yeah. You know, overall, I mean, I feel like outside of the first quarter, I think for the rest of the game, I was worried, but I wasn't like, the Titans are going to run away with this. It, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a hard-fought game. That first quarter was, was mainly like, oh my God, is this going to be a repeat of last year? But after that, it was it was just like, okay, as, as long as the team's executing pretty well and they're limiting the big plays, there's a shot. There's definitely a chance here. I do want to talk about a negative, right? So I do still think that potentially queen he might burn us man he's still not 100 percent there in, in pass pro and uh i don't know I, I don't think there's really much of a solution for it right now just like kind of an observation i don't think maybe playing fort in those roles more is gonna i mean i think it would help a little bit but then you lose some of the explosiveness that that queen does candidly bring we saw him get a pressure event get a sack and um 
you know, when he does flow the ball and when he's instinctual, he can be really effective. So that was one thing I think we have to keep an eye on. They were definitely picking on him early. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Um, it, it definitely wasn't good when you saw that Anthony Ferkser was, was getting some catches off Queen. But, you know, I think that goes back, though, into the adjustments we talk about, how the that Wink made as the game went on. And I do think as the game wore on, the role that, they, that the defense coordinator did put Queen in, I think he did thrive in what they asked him to do. He kind of... I mean, he really thrived as a pass rusher and was in there on a lot of plays, uh, including the play that that forced the Titans to to kick a field goal on the last drive where they did score any points. His bull rush around the right side of the line forced Tannehill to throw that ball early, and then AJ, I mean, sorry, LJ Fort was able to make the tackle behind the line of scrimmage on I forget who caught that ball. So that was an excellent positive play for the rookie right there. I will say, yeah. If we're getting ahead of ourselves, if the Ravens have to match up again with the Chiefs, there are questions of what you're going to do about Kelsey. But I think that's getting way too far ahead of ourselves because the Ravens still got a matchup with the Bills. And I think we'll talk about what we think Queen can do against the Bills there, which I, spoiler alert, I think is a lot better matchup for him. But it, it is a concern, though, yeah, because there are certainly some teams that are still in play that you got to beat to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So I, I do get, understand your concern there. Oh, I don't want to forget, Peter, before we go any further, what was your bold prediction you didn't want to make in case it didn't happen? Oh, well, so <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll say let's come back to that when we Maybe discuss the offense. the offense. That's fair. I was wondering if that would be the case. One last thing then about the linebackers. Note that... Malik Harrison had more snaps than LJ Fort, and by a considerable margin, the man played 55% of the snaps. And I didn't just say that for the drop. 55! <laughs> bringing up the thing. <laughs> I thought he played well. I, I remember he had a good thump. He definitely like laid the hammer a couple times. Oh, he laid the hammer hard on Henry on one of the runs late in the game. I'll be honest, I don't remember any other plays he made. I'm sure he did. But that one stuck out in my mind pretty prominently I mean, he he leveled henry henry was down on the ground and harrison looked like he barely flinched <laughs> yeah it was good to see i mean we've, we've been talking a lot this season right where it's like queen is kind of like the the boomer bus candidate right now i mean it's, maybe it's a little harsh on 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 how we feel about him but i mean he's got a high ceiling but he has some flaws right now we all know that we've talked about it for several episodes this season but harrison's kind of one who's like he hasn't really made a whole lot of splash plays but He's seen like slow and steady growth. He might eventually be a pretty good player, but right now it's just sort of like, eh, he's he's like fine. He hasn't made a lot of like super bad plays, but he hasn't made a lot of good plays either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think getting him more involved in the game, I, mean, I think it was just a good idea. I think it made sense with the matchup. We know that his strengths have been like more of a downhill run stuffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously, you know, we could use that a lot with Henry. Um, and we know that, you know, I'm guessing that maybe the Ravens made a sort of, you know, a calculated uh, decision to know that, you know, they were going to rely more on that. We're going to rely more on AJ Brown and maybe they're, you know, because of some injuries to the, some of their position groups, maybe they weren't going to rely more on like, you know, the play action or, you know, certain personnel groups that would have put Harrison in like a bad position. So all that adding up to, you know, maybe an increased snap count. Yeah, that's a really good analysis. Uh, definitely makes sense given the nature of the Tennessee defense. They would go that route and perhaps against the Bills, who have well, last year was all about the run game. This year is 100% about throwing the ball. They might be like, all right, LJ Ford, you're getting more snaps this week, right? Good, good, uh, good point there. One last thing, too the guy who doesn't show up on the stat sheet, Anik Ngakwe, almost had a strip, man. He uh, definitely got in there a couple times and nearly made a play. So I think that's worth something, right? Like, it doesn't show up on the snatch sheet. Maybe they still have a, a good play out of it. But definitely, uh, if he keeps doing that, like, something good will happen soon. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're, you know, it, it, Yannick is, st- is still such an interesting player because he there's times where he's making all these great plays and other times where you're just like, where is the guy? But... Yeah, you are right. He almost had a huge play, which would have made our, you know, thoughts on his game 
yesterday, completely different. But I do want to say one one thing before we get off the defense. We do have to give props to Matthew Judon, who, you know, he had an excellent day as a run stuffer along with McPhee and the rest of the line. Matabuke, I forget if we mentioned Matabuke as well, you know, a guy we love talking about. He had a great game uh, with the run stuffing as well. Um, these guys just keep stepping up. I think Judon in particular, though, is, is to note because we're, you know, we're talking about Yannick and if, if Judon had a faster start to the season, you know, maybe the Ravens don't make that trade. But yeah, I think he's he's been picking up his game as of late and, you know, we're seeing it transition into the playoffs, which is always great. Always makes you feel good going forward. Yeah. Big time players make big time plays, big time moments. And we had a lot of those players this past week. And the one that everyone wants to talk about on the offensive side of the ball, Lamar Jackson. Chris, you called it perfectly. The man started off looking a little rough, threw an egregious pass that was intercepted, and he told us to stay calm. I needed to hear it. I mean, I was uh, not getting too crazy, but I appreciated you saying it. It's like you knew. You knew what I needed to hear. I mean, stay calm. Yeah, it's just, you know, the last couple of weeks, for whatever reason, Lamar almost always starts with an interception. He's had an interception like the past four or five games now. And it's always in the first or second quarter, early in the game. And then after that, he just bounces back and everything's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I looked at that and I was just like, eh, it's, you know, it's just going to happen because that's what, you know, that's what's been happening. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. It was a nice punt. Plan. It was basically a nice punt, you know, it was far an down arm, the field. Yeah, an arm punt, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, hey, man, you know, sometimes it happens. I mean, fortunately, look, nothing came away from that. I don't think the Titans scored on that drive. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they did. Did they? I think they scored wasn't, wasn't, three. Was it a field I goal? So. It, wasn't, it wasn't a touchdown on that drive. No, I think it was a field goal. Was it a field goal? Yeah, they stopped a force three, which was a big, uh, a big, big nice feeling. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Ben don't break. Queen got lost in coverage on a big crosser play, and uh, Malik brought the hammer yeah. at level two, and Matabuke had a deflected pass. That's what all my notes say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go but yeah i mean I, you know some things happened but you know it was all about how they bounced back and i mean boy you know not only did the defense play well pretty much all game but i mean the, i think the offense had a, a huge a huge bounce back and i think a lot of that started with that one with that one run by omar jackson on the third down play it was absolutely huge i think that was a huge momentum shift in the game i think it was a huge uh, confidence boost for the offense and you know once they kind of got through that and they were able to really bounce back and kind of put the game away in the third quarter. So you guys remember when we were discussing that run against Cincinnati last year, and I was like, that that run, you know, we're going to see forever. Because anytime you talk about Lamar Jackson on like NFL Network or like on a retrospective, they're going to show that run as, as in his main highlight reel. I do. That's not happening anymore. This This run replaced it. <laughs> oh come on i don't think so <laughs> i think it was a, a more important run like don't get me wrong obviously playoff game rival etc but i don't know like he kind of just ran a straight line real fast <laughs> oh was the was the straight line sure i mean it, but there were se- no semi-straight yeah there was no there was no there was not even really a juke he just was faster he was basically just pulling away from people which is i mean not, not take away from that that's great but like I don't know. It wasn't as flashy. I mean, I, I guess we're talking about subjectives here. From from my angle, I thought it was the best run he's ever made in his career. I think it just... And I think, you know, I, I, I guess you can also say game context was part of it. Maybe if you look at that highlight outside of that, you don't see it. But it just looked to me just like a bunch of built-up frustration that, the, the, you know, the offense was was plodding along. They were making some plays, but nothing was was getting them over the hill making you feel like they had a real chance in that game and he just took off and just you know made a couple he did make a couple elusive steps I felt to get past the defenders and you had that dive at the end which he didn't have to do in that Cincinnati run uh so there there was a little bit of added drama at the end even if it didn't have the drama (laughs) in the middle so (laughs) but it was just a game-changing play and you know I think when we're talking about Lamar and you talk about him as a running quarterback, like I think we just got to stop doing that because like there are a lot of quarterbacks now in the NFL who can run 
and there were quarterbacks in the past you could run as well. It wasn't as as frequent. Very few running quarterbacks or quarterbacks who can rush, whatever you want to use that term as, can consistently break off a fifty yard run for a touchdown. The, this, the guy has has done it. He did it, like we said, against Cincinnati last year. He had three in the regular season that were at least thirty eight yards. Like he how. You can't tell me Jalen Hurts can make that play with consistency. Russell Wilson can't make that play with consistency. I don't even think Kyler Murray can. I think, you know, that is an insane weapon that I think we just, I don't think we're trying to, but I just think it just gets kind of glossed over, especially by the greater NFL community as just like, oh, he's just another running quarterback. Nah, that's a, it's an incredible skill. Yeah, it's it's a special amount of elusiveness and athleticism and I mean, everything in one. I mean, you know, another thing to add, too, with the context in the game, too, I thought the Titans did a pretty good job early on of limiting Lamar's options to scramble out of the pocket. I think they ended up with five sacks in the game, Mm -hmm. and they had a good number of stops early on. And so when that play happened, I think the the one thing I looked at was like he got out of the pocket because they were doing such a good job keeping him in the pocket and keeping him contained and not letting him get outside. But that one play, he was just able to find a seam, just a really small seam, get upfield. He made that move on Bayard. And then once he got past Bayard, it was just a foot race to the end zone. I mean, not many people can keep pace with Lamar because he's just he's so fast and it's just it's just a split second if like if you're not on the right angle or you're not taking you know the right move to be able to get him he can just go from zero to 60 and almost immediately it's just insane mm-hmm. how much agility that he has Peter I think all the points that you made and Chris as well led to why Harbs called it the greatest run that he's ever seen him do so uh I mean, I, I, I hear you guys. Like, that was awesome. It's always cool. An underrated skill, so to speak, is when you're so fast, people take bad angles to you, which we saw in that run, right? Like, because <laughs> like and and, and I, I never heard someone say it the way you did, Peter, where it was like just built up frustration because it was third and nine. The pocket was collapsing around him. Like, it could have went really poorly. And he just like left like a bat out of hell. <laughs> It was like, no, sir. And uh, I would love to know the context of the statements he made when he scored the touchdown and like who trash talked him or if it was just the overall media landscape about him being able to win a a big game, show up in big moments. I don't know, but I'm here for it, dude. Because like when Lamar gets pumped like that, he just has those like laser eyes like I'm going to destroy you. It's good stuff. 100%. And I think you also have to just give credit to the offensive strategy. Maybe I say this more because I get frustrated as a fan watching the games and when the runs up the middle for Lamar, when, when we're calling too many of them and it doesn't seem like we're having a lot of success, and I get frustrated with it because I'm just like, well, we got all these, we got receivers who can, who can do things with the ball. We got three running backs, you know, why are we running so many of these plays? And the reason is because just like Chris was saying with Derrick Henry and how you know the Ravens had to keep up the game plan for the entire you know sixty minutes. All it takes is one one of those to break, and then you flip the game. Yeah, and this and this game truly. I mean, I, I think that, and you know, maybe say maybe about one other run by Lamar. I think at the end of the game, I think we're kind of like the the all, almost the only two big plays that we had on offense. I think the transitioning a little bit. I think the biggest surprise for me was that we used Hollywood Brown a lot, but not on anything that you would expect. Usually, I think a lot of people expect him to get those big bombs, to get those big touchdowns. And this game, like he was heavily featured. I think he probably had one of the better games on the entire team just across the board. I thought he played phenomenally. But it was on these short little passes where he get upfield, get some yards. He showed physicality. Just a, an absolutely crazy, like just crazy game from him. I'm, I was actually, I was really proud, and that's why I called him Hollywood because I think truly after this game, it was like, dude, you earned it. Like you had a big game against the Titans last year, and you came and followed up with this game where I arguably I thought he played even better. You know, like I said earlier, man, big time players make big time plays, and Hollywood Brown, you were a huge aspect of keeping this offense alive the whole game. It was, it was awesome. I think Hollywood Brown had his best game in a Ravens uniform yesterday. And the reason why I say that I think is, you know, kind of what Chris just said is that the Ravens really only had, you know, two or three explosive plays on the whole day. 
you know, I, I, Hollywood had like a 30 or 35 yard catch at one point, you know, no yards after contact on that one. So may, maybe you call that an explosive play, but he just did all the little things all day and just made a couple catches where he was covered well. The Ravens tried out some new offensive schemes with him and he executed that to perfection. He just did all the little things that a wide receiver one is supposed to do. And when when you have a big game and you didn't score a touchdown and you didn't really have a super memorable play, I think that just that shows that, you know, he's getting closer to, to arriving. 61%, 61 is the amount of yards Marquise had out of uh, Lamar Jackson's passes. And that's Hollywood right there. That's a that's a check mark to Hollywood right there. I mean, it was it wasn't that many yards, but it was what the the offense needed in th- that situation. We ran for two hundred and thirty six yards, a very quiet two hundred and thirty six, I might add. Well, aside from Lamar's two runs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I definitely kind of felt like that was uh, an underrated part of the game. Like we definitely had a lot of yards there that kind of maybe maybe people forgot about. But like you said, they they come in chunks. Fair enough. Yeah, but. Man, dude, yeah, he went after contact. He made good plays. He got separation. Like, God, he looks so good. If we get that out of him, when we, I mean, we fed him the ball, seven receptions, right? Like, maybe that's a, a key to success. Like, feed Hollywood, man. Like, if we're going to get him in those kind of situations, that's how he's going to respond to his opportunities. And you know what happened, too? You know, I, I would love to have, like, actually counted it. But a lot of those plays happened on first down. They were going to him. They were passing on first down after the yeah. whole first half of like us complaining about it, right? The second half, they were like, we should try that pass on first down thing. Let's listen to Ravens Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then, boom, like they were lining up. They were hitting uh, Ricard in the flat. They had uh, passes just, you know, I think they went to Sneed once uh, on a first down play. I mean, that was... That was money, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess we'll bring it up now because we probably won't get to it next episode because we're going to switch gears a little bit. But, Alec, I I know maybe by definition of your definition of bomb, Hollywood may have not have gotten two bombs. I think he might have only gotten one, technically. He had that one, I think it was a 28-yard yeah. uh, reception over Adderay Jackson. That was a bomb for sure. But I would give it – I would give you – that bold prediction anyway because I thought there were two really good plays that he had there was one I think it was like a 15 maybe 18 yard reception it was like a it was an out route that he ran mm-hmm. it took Lamar uh, a bit of arm strength to be able to get it in that location I thought it was a, a pretty good pass from him and obviously a great catch and, and Hollywood was able to get upfield for a few more yards that was really good and that backwards pass man on like the the five or ten yard line to get that drive started if he does not catch that ball, that's a safety, right? If a Titans player gets in there, that is a safety. That was a <laughs> like the amount of relief that everybody was feeling after he got that pass was uh, just like you could, you know, collective just inhale and then exhale finally when he caught the ball and got it. And he had to like pin it against his head. It was amazing. Like it was not yeah. it was not a very accurate pass. I mean, I know that's one of Lamar's fault, you know, few faults. He's not the most accurate quarterback. <laughs> that was not an accurate pass at all. But he was able to get that, and he got upfield for eight or nine yards, made it a huge positive play. I'd give you a bomb just for that play because that was fantastic. You know, for a guy <laughs> who we've been complaining about, like dropping too many balls, not making the most of his opportunities. Literally, nothing went wrong for him this game. He was dialed in. He was in the zone. He was making every play, catching every ball that he could. Absolutely. I think I think that you deserve that bold prediction and I think Hollywood man you're one of the, you have to be one of the MVPs this game. I hope you got the game ball. I actually don't know whether he did, but I hope you got Lamar one. did. I I think I actually just gave it one to Lamar. That was it. That was it. They didn't at least they didn't talk about any other game balls. Yeah. I think Hollywood should have got one, man. He had a heck of a game. I was yeah. really proud of him. No, I hear you. There's only so many game balls to go around. That's true. You can't give them around like Paul Hollywood handshakes. <laughs> Otherwise it just dilutes them. Oh man. I do have to say, though, going to Hollywood Brown, the reason that I didn't say my bold prediction uh, was because I didn't know what we were going to get from Hollywood Brown. I really didn't. I really didn't know if we were going to, if, 
you know, the production he was having was because, you know, there was less pressure uh, in some of these games against easier defenses. Uh, you know, if his his hands were really going to continue to be consistent. And I felt like that the only reliable guy that the Ravens could really count on in this game was going to be Mark Andrews. He was going to need to have a monster game for the Ravens to to have success in the air when the Titans slowed the Ravens' rushing attack down. And every single time I've predicted a bold prediction for a tight end on the Ravens to do well this year, they didn't. So that was why I didn't make dare make the bold <laughs> prediction because I was like, well, then we're going to have no passing options. But, you know, I think I think Andrews had a, had a good solid game. Would have been nice for him to have not drop that ball at the beginning, but it didn't end up mattering. And it was it was just quite clear that the Ravens coaching staff had, you know, faith in that Hollywood Brown could have a, a big game. You saw several times when he came to the sideline, and I, it hasn't just been this game. I've noticed it's been happening a lot. You know, vet guys like Snead or Ingram will come by and, like, pat his helmet and just, like, offer, I'm assuming, words of encouragement, you know, to help this guy along. And he is, he's risen to the task after looking like he was completely a guy that the, either the coaching staff didn't know how to use or just he didn't know how to be the wide receiver that the Ravens wanted him to be. Whatever happens with the, with the Ravens, their final fate for this season, you got to consider Marquise Brown as a, as a team MVP, one of the biggest reasons that the Ravens are having success right now. Definitely. I had a couple more things I wanted to hit on. We kind of missed the opportunity. I want to go back to Lamar briefly. I think this game was an embodiment of the maturity process that he went through. We've talked about several times when the man gets behind, he would like razzle himself and he would try to do too much. And while he still took over the game and that one critical play, which was like a turning point for the the game, he never was frantic about it. Um, He kind of just stayed the course and played like himself, which I thought was really good. And also that very vet move to realize on that last run that I just need to sit down, right? Don't go out of bounds. Don't lose the ball. You got your first down. That's all you needed. He just sat and uh, the rest was history. (laughs) I can't imagine doing what he did too. It was just like he had to completely stop and then just like all momentum went backwards and then he just sat down. Like, you know, obviously it was a very smart play. It was, it was the absolutely the right play to do. But, you know, just with a guy with, with Lamar's agility and, and elusiveness and speed, it's just like, just the ability to like, to know that like, okay, I want to get some extra yards, but I can't go out, but I have to completely stop <laughs> all momentum and then just sit down was a, it was, it was a, it was a funny play. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the guy who made that tackle, I want to say it was Adderay Jackson. He was a guy that. I, I want to say on at least four or five of the catches that Hollywood had, Adderay Jackson was in coverage. He was getting beat really hard <laughs> on like every play. I mean, you know, again, like he, he would either play off and then Hollywood would get the, the catches underneath and then push up field, which was a surprise to all of us because yards after contact is usually not something that he's really good at. Um, but even if he didn't do that, he'd get a couple of those deep balls. I want to say when he had that, when he had that go route on the sideline, that was his longest catch of the day. Adderay Jackson was in coverage on that, couldn't get to the play in time. And I want to say on that out route that I mentioned earlier, he might have been in coverage on that one too. So I, I can't remember if we talked too much about that when Tim was on last week. But, you know, I remember talking about Adderay Jackson last year, and he's kind of one of the big speedsters uh, on their defense. But he was having an extremely rough game this game, and the Ravens were able to take advantage. Certainly did. If you got fancy points for excellent blocking, Gus Edwards might not have been a, a snowflake on uh, DraftKings. The man had some great critical blocks. I'm really enjoying seeing this new aspect of his game. We talked about it last week as a lead blocker. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to use him a little bit more in that regard. I'm loving it, man. I think I just had to give a little shout out there. Another great performance by Gus Edwards. Only had uh, you know, under 10 carries and a little under 40 yards, but you know, he still like was a solid contributor. Yeah. I, I want us to create a new type of fantasy league instead of best ball. We're going to have best block league and <laughs> you get, you get, you get points for, for excellent blocks by players. And I think Gus Edwards going into next year, you know, in a best block league would be a highly coveted option would go in pretty high. Boykin, uh, wide receiver one. 
<laughs> Maybe Lee Boykin becomes a wide receiver <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Maybe. I, I was just thinking, I was like, who would be the number one pick from the Ravens? Would it be Boyle? Would it be Stanley? I don't know what position groups are going to be here, but Boykin, he might be up there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Gus, for, you know, again, for being that lead blocker on that one play, I think was fantastic. I think there were two other plays that I was really, really happy for him to make. I think it was that one third down play where it was supposed to be a run up the middle, obviously. Titans expected that, crash everybody inside. Gus was able to just take a little stutter step to the left and cut up field and be able to pick up the first down. Absolutely huge play to continue that drive. And then obviously at the end of the game, he picked up the third down. I have no idea how he got out of all the tackles because the Titans had just done such a good job of bottling runs up inside, but he was able to sneak through and pick up six or seven yards and that ended the game. Those two runs were fantastic. I guess my one bit of controversy for the offensive side of the ball is uh, what do we think about this Tyree Phillips, DJ Fluker experiment? I wrote in the notes, I'm kind of done with this whole like Tyree Phillips you know, trial by fire. I think like it's over, man. Like he's just, I guess you put him in if, if Fluker was hurt and there were concerns of his health going into this game. But man, like just Fluker fits better at this point and i don't know if we're gonna see tyree step up this year to produce in such a way where you feel comfortable with the amount of time and snaps are giving him it is confusing for sure and i'm really surprised that i don't think i've heard anybody uh, as far as like the ravens media ask harbaugh like what what's the deal with the situation because it seems pretty obvious at this point where it's like you know they 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 seem to like almost split the games right it's either phillips will get the start and then fluker ends up playing most of the game afterwards or vice versa it's it's weird right it's just like it's i guess it's good to get phillips the game experience assuming that the ravens win the game but you don't really have like you don't have like i don't know as fans like i don't know if we have too much confidence in him to be able to play a solid game all four quarters at this point you don't worry about game experience in the playoffs i'm sorry like you got to just win, man. You got to put the best players on the field to win a given game. Like, this is not the time to, like, we're not putting in Huntley just for, for grins. We're not like, hmm, you know, do we have something here with Huntley? Can we trade him? No, we're not doing that. Like, obviously, that's an exaggeration, but, like, <laughs> it's a playoffs, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to the point there, we clearly don't need a replacement at quarterback, <laughs> but a right tackle. I mean, you know, there are people who study the offensive line way better than I do. It always seems to me like every game, yeah, absolutely. Phillips messes up. He has a big play mess up every game. It seems the worst sack of the of the day was was on him when he just got completely bull rushed and and that killed a, a, a drive and the Ravens had to settle for a field goal. But I. I feel like Fluker has those plays too. And I think that's kind of the conundrum the, the coaching staff is in because it's just kind of like, well, both these guys have have some flaws right now in their game. Fluker is the vet though. So I think, yeah, you probably got to give him the, the nod in the playoffs. And maybe that's just the end of conversation because veteran leadership, you know, that's one less thing that you have to worry about is, you know, the rookie, this is their first time doing it. They'll get overwhelmed. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think... Aside from uh, from Patrick Queen's suspect coverage, it's the the thing you know you're looking at with the with the most concern going forward. If I had to make a guess, this is I, I just kind of thought of this talking to you guys now. My guess is this: every practice he comes in, he plays really well. He must be like looking great in practice, right? And they're like, let's give him another shot. Like, and then he goes into the game situations, and for whatever reason, he's not playing as well. That's my hunch, because otherwise, like. Because I hear you, man. They're probably like, we need a, we want something better here, right? Like we all, we are no one of us is saying that Fluker is the answer. Like we are, we are a hundred percent ready for Stanley to get healthy and move Junior, you know, to the right hand side again. Like we are one hundred percent ready for that scenario, and we're excited to do it. But I think in the short term, they they probably are, like you said, like if he can turn a corner or just sharpen up a part of his game, they might think he could be a much better option than Fluker, and maybe maybe so. So who knows? I, I, that would be a lovely if uh, Harbaugh ac- actually gave you answers <laughs> to like ask him. <laughs> All right, we are ready to go on to MVPs. 
Of course. I think Chris should start because we had a conversation and he called dibs. So, fair enough, man. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, on reflection. <laughs> Come on, no, dude. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to slowly say he's my MVP. I'm just going to. I just want to put this out there of like there were definitely a lot of good performances by other players and I hope we recognize them all. But in the moment, this guy was my MVP and I'm still going to go with him. Marcus Peters. He's a bad man. A Just man. He's a bad man. <laughs> look, look, dude. I in the moment I had to give it to him for that interception to close out the game. I mean, I had flash. I had goosebumps, man. That that reminded me of the the Ray Lewis interception on Andy George to put the game away. I mean, it's if if the Ravens go on and, and make a, a big run in the playoffs, which is it's not a guaranteed thing, but if they do. That is going to be one of the plays that is remembered from this playoff run. Absolutely huge play. Uh, I, w- I was a little concerned when he was trying to run it back. I was like, you should get down. But, you know, then again, fans did that with Reed all the time. And Reed's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, nobody's going to question that now. And the <laughs> the balls on that, man, <laughs> to celebrate on the logo. He's a bad man. But he's my MVP. So, Marcus Peters keep on man that's an excellent pick i too am gonna go defense i picked this guy as an mvp earlier in the season because he had a great game against cincinnati i believe and i was just like you know there's other guys i could give the mvp to in this game but i don't know when i'm gonna be able to do it again so you know i'll recognize him then but Pernell mcphee man you had your best game as a raven on sunday and you 100 deserve another mvp honor one of the main catalysts in uh, shutting down Derrick Henry. Those two names had to be said. They were priorities for me. I'm going to go with the offense, and it's going to be one of those classic Lamar Jackson has a lifetime achievement award in his third year in the NFL, where sometimes we just leave him out because we're like, well, <laughs> we know you had a big game, but you got unanimous MVP like <laughs> in the actual league, not the, the Ravens recap Hall of Fame. <laughs> so like... <laughs> You're uh, you're very much a uh, lifetime achievement award winner at this point. So who do we go with, right? You know the answer, Hollywood, dude. You turned it on, seven catches, averaging over 15 yards a catch, physicality, clutch, easy pick, easy money. All right, guys. Well, we are fortunate enough to be able to talk about another game. I can't get crap for looking ahead now because it's a reality. The Buffalo Bills. We got CJ on the line. We're excited to talk to him and hear about his team. And man, I can't wait for this game, guys. Eight o'clock on Saturday night. Make sure to tune in. But what you got to do first is listen to our predictions. It's critical for our win.